How y'all doing this morning? Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm Pastor Rob, one of the pastors here at Bridge. And, um, and this morning, uh, we're in our, we have one more week of, prayer, of fasting left, one more week of fasting left. And uh, how's everybody doing? Good? Some people, some people fasting for the whole time. Some people fast for just a portion of our 21 days. And um, during this time, you know, it's a time for us as a body to be able to come together united and, and seeking God for our lives, for for our church and for 2020. And uh, during the month of January, we're doing a series called Prepare a, Prepare a Place. And in, in 2020, we want God to prepare a place for him to move. Uh, we want to prepare a place for God to move. And not just like a physical building or, you know, we're not doing this. It's a great building campaign, actually, series, if you think about it, prepare a place for God to move. Like, but we're not building, we're not doing a building campaign. This is all about preparing a place for God to move in your heart. And uh, that's what prayer and fasting is all about. We're, we're, til- we're, we're making a place for God to move in us. And um, the first week of January, Pastor Paul talked about fasting. And if you're new here this morning and you haven't, you're, you're not, you, you're unsure about fasting and what that is, you can go back on our podcast and take a listen to that. And also out on the events table, there's a nice little brochure about fasting and kind of details that, that in there and, and join us in praying and fasting. And um, last week we started a series on prayer and through the Lord's, through the Lord's prayer. And I believe that prayer and fasting are two of the most important th- disciplines that we need to practice in our lives in order to do exactly this, to prepare a place for God to move in our hearts. And uh, prayer is the way that we communicate with God. And as most of you who are, who are married or in a relationship, you know that communication is key to any relationship, right? Like communicating is, is key. And this is not a time that you can ribbing your neighbor or whatever. That's not a good time to do that. But uh, communication is key. And um, I believe that in, in most, of our, most of our churches, that, that this is prayer and fasting is the area that most Christians struggle in. We struggle in, in, pray, in praying and practicing that. And um, during this three weeks, oh, so we're, ta- we're talking about prayer, and the goal is to help, help lay prayer out to, to before you and say, hey, prayer is simple and it's easy to practice, and we can all do it. And um, something that Paul said, Pastor Paul said last week that, that was a quote, and I actually put it on my, in the screen. I left it on the screen because I believe that, it, that it, is, it, it is so true, that when your heart speaks to God, God speaks to your heart. And I believe that God wants to speak to us. And whenever we pray, it's our heart speaking to him. That's what prayer is. And when we do that, God speaks to our heart. And so this morning, we're going to dive in. We're in Matthew chapter 6. And if you have your Bibles, if you would open there, um, in the, in the, underneath the seat in front of you, there are Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible at home, feel free to take that with you. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 and, and verse 9. And I'm going to actually ask, I'm going to do something a little different this morning. Would you stand with me? And uh, we're going we're gonna to read God's word together. So if you would stand with me this morning. Be in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, and this is, this is the, Lord's, the Lord's prayer, and we're, let's read it together as a church. Is that okay? Can we do that? Can we read it together? So you can follow along on the screen or, or in, your, in your Bible, and, and this is what it says. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You may be seated this morning. 
For some of you, this is maybe a real familiar passage of Scripture. Um, I remember I went to a private school growing up in elementary school, basically all but two years of my life in school, 12, what is that, 12 years you're in school, uh, all but two years of that, I, I went to a private school, and I remember in second grade, I had this teacher, her name was Mrs. Swinderman, and uh, yeah, that's a cool name, right, Mrs. Swinderman, and every morning we would, you know, the bell would ring or whatever, and we would say the Pledge of Allegiance and to the flag, and then the very next thing we would do was just a, just a ritual thing, is we would recite uh, the Lord's Prayer, and um, people, I believe that people in the church and outside of the church on some level are familiar with this passage of scripture on some, some level. It's even used as a decoration on, and pictures and things like that. But what most people don't realize is the Lord's Prayer isn't some ritual to be repeated. It's a, it's just a, it's a formula for us to follow. It's Jesus teaching his disciples. He's given them a formula on prayer. And we're learning exactly from Jesus exactly how to pray. And last week when, when Pastor Paul spoke, I'm going to kind of catch us up a little bit because we're starting, we're, we're going to dive into a certain portion of this. But this morning, um, Pastor Paul spoke, he gave us four ingredients or four qualities um, that, that if we incorporate them in our prayer lives, it'll change the way that we pray. It'll take our prayer life to a whole new level. And um, if you notice on your seats this morning, there was one of these, this is week two's like little reflection paper. Um, from last week, there were reflection papers that are available out in the lobby and um, kind, of, kind of walks you through those four ingredients for you to kind of maybe take home and look at. Maybe it's not really a devotional. It's more of like, hey, take as much time as you need to walk through each one of these little these reflections. They were also sent out in an email and on social media. But as you practice these, you'll begin to realize that you can pray and that you can pray maybe longer than what you ever thought you could pray. And... Prayer will t- touch your heart in a way that you never thought it was possible. And so he and he, Pastor Paul identified four ingredients from the first part of the scripture. The first one, faith, that effective prayer incorporates faith, that you cannot pray with, without faith, faith in God, faith that he exists on some level. Our, our father, that faith in that we are his kids and that he, he is our dad. The second one that he identified was worship, that effective prayer contains worship. The second part of that scripture is hallowed be your name. Worship not just with our words, because so easy it's easy to come into church and we can stand, we can stand, stand in here and, and sing words that are on a screen, right? But worship with our lives, declaring that he is good. And um, we're declaring that with not just our mouths, but with our actions. The third one he identified was expect. It said, your kingdom come is what the scripture says. Uh, Effective prayer involves expectation, expectation that God will work on your behalf, that he has your best interest in mind, that he will respond. And the fourth was submit. And the scripture verse is, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer involves submission, a heart submitted to God's will being done, not necessarily ours. And those are the first four ingredients that we looked at. And this morning, I'm going to look at the next three ingredients or qualities that we see in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, verses 11 and 12. And I'm going to read that this morning. It says, Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Can we pray this morning? Father, I pray that as we, as a body, look at your word and how you teach us to pray, God, that we can pull out these qualities and these ingredients in in what you've taught us and apply them in our own lives. God, would you let my words this morning be be clear? God, I pray that um, 
you would let these uh, settle in our hearts. God, that we take away these, the, what you've taught and put them into practice in our lives. And it's your name I pray. Amen. So I believe that from this, first, from this, from this passage, the very, first, uh, the very first ingredient that we see is, is petition. We see petition. And it says, give us today our daily prayer. That prayer involves petition. And, and prayer isn't just asking God for stuff. You know, sometimes we think about petition. It's like, oh, I have a petition and there's a list of things that I want. These are my demands, my needs, my, my, my stuff. And I think that that's something that our culture has turned prayer into, is asking God for stuff. Now, yes, petition is a request. And Jesus is saying, yes, please, you can. You can petition me for your needs. Um, but, remember, but remember our first four ingredients to prayer, that it's all based on relationship, right? And so my needs change when I'm in relationship with somebody. You know, before Christy and I got married, like this is something that this week like, I thought about was that, the idea of, like, my needs changed once I was in relationship with Christy, right? Like, once we got married, I, before we got married, I could sleep anywhere. I'll come, I'll come sleep in your basement. Like, that's not a big deal. But somehow, instantly, when you get married, there's a, your need for a home or a house is different, right? A place to lay your head is, is completely different. And, and that's kind of, that's, that's kind of what, we, what we're looking at here is when we're petitioning God is that, when we are in relationship with someone, when we're in relationship with him, the things that we petition him for change. Are you saying, Pastor Rob, that it's not okay for me to petition him for things or ask him for things? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not saying that at all. Let's look at 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and it says this. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that, what we ha- that we have what we have asked, what we've asked of him. And I think the portion of, I want to pull out in the scriptures that says, needs according to his will. And last week we talked about the portion of the Lord's Prayer that says, your will be done. And how do we know God's will, right? That's the question that sometimes you get, you get asked as a pastor. How do I know God's will, right? And that in alone could be a five-hour conversation that we could sit down and actually discuss. How do I know God's will? And, and I did find that. But I believe that one of the ways, just one of, the, one of the, the small ways that we get to know God's will is to incorporate the first four things that we talked about last week into our prayer lives. This begins to strengthen our relationship with God, and we begin to see the character of who God is. I do not think it's a coincidence that Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, ordered these things in the way that he, he ordered them. Because as we begin to pray in faith that he is God and that he is our Father, as we begin to worship him, not with just our, our mouths, but with our lives and the way we live, as we begin to expect that he wants to be involved in our lives, and we begin to submit to his way, then the things that we petition God for begin to look different. The things that, the things that we ask him for begin to look different look less like us and more like what he desires from us. And the more my petitions begin to reflect the things that he wants for me, his will in our lives. Sometimes when we petition, his answers don't always look the way that we want them to look, right? Have you ever prayed, right? Prayed for something for a long time and you're like, he answered, he may have, you look back and you're like, yes, God answered that prayer, but it wasn't necessarily the way that I thought that he was going to answer that prayer, Right? You're praying for a new car, and you're thinking it's going to be like, 
you know, this awesome Land Rover that is like from the early 90s, Pastor Matt's favorite car. And uh, that's what you're praying, God, praying, praying for. And you know what? God gives you a Honda Fit. And uh, that's what you end up with. God answered the prayer, met our need, right, for transportation, just not in the way that we expected. We were wanting God to answer our prayer. Sometimes we think that he's not hearing us or that he's not working on our behalf because he isn't answering the way that we wanted him to answer. And oftentimes I find that we're looking for, our, we're looking for one specific way for God to answer our prayers and not looking at the way that he may want to answer our petition. You know, as children, I think we have to keep, as his children, we have to keep in mind that he always has our best interest in his mind. Sometimes he answers in a way that we don't recognize at first. And sometimes we don't know why God answers the way that he does. But he's still a good God. Real quick life story. For years, you know, in December of 1992, my dad was diagnosed with, with leukemia. And back then, it was a really rare form of leukemia. And uh, for, 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 year, for years, we petitioned God to heal my dad, right? We petitioned God, prayed about it, said, hey, you know, I had seen God instantaneously heal people in my life. I was six years old. I'd grown up in the church. Like, my, my dad was, was, a, was a pastor, an evangelist. And I, I had seen God, confirmed by doctors. I've seen God instantaneously heal. And that's exactly, as a young boy, that's the type of prayer that I prayed. That's what I was expecting. That's how I was expecting God to, to heal my dad, right? And so from December 1st of 92 till somewhere in 95, I watched my dad go through treatment after treatment after treatment, radiation, chemotherapy, bone marrow transplants, in the hospital, out of the hospital, sick, not sick, 87 days at one point in the hospital. And I'll be honest with you, at some points it didn't look like God was hearing my, our prayers, my prayers. At some points I wasn't sure if God was hearing my prayers. But four years later, in 1996, the doctors declared my dad healed or recovered from leukemia. And the doctor even wrote in his chart that we do not denote Mr. Fur's recovery to our aggressive treatment, but to his aggressive faith in God. See, it didn't happen the way that I thought it should have happened. It didn't happen the way that a lot of us who were praying for him thought that God was going to move on, on our behalf. But it happened. And I look back and I go, man, the way my life would have been dif different, the way that our family's life would have been different, if God would have instantaneously changed, healed my dad. See, for years after that, my dad, we, we traveled in ministry, and the number of people who came to Christ because of his testimony, both while he spent lots of time in the hospital, I can name probably about 15 nurses that came to Christ because of him being in the hospital, the, the effect that he had on eternity, that God used that situation, redeemed that situation to, to answer a prayer in the way that we didn't think that it, he should, right? Like in the moment, we didn't think that he should answer in the way he did over a long period of time. We thought it should be instantaneously. See, your petition may be, God, get me out of this situation, get me out of this circumstance. But maybe instead of praying that, why not pray, God, how can you use me in the midst of the situation, the circumstance that I'm walking through right now? Effective prayer includes petition, petition for our needs, and he will answer according to his will. I believe that the second ingredient that we see here is confess. And it says, and forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. See, C.H. Spurgeon said that no prayer of a mortal man 
he'll be complete without confession of sin, without confession of sin. And, and this is probably one of the three ingredients that I'm talking about this morning that maybe, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I struggle with the most. So oftentimes we go to God in prayer and skip right past the action of confession, confessing the sin that's in our lives. Oftentimes maybe we do this because we think about, oh, it's not a big deal, or we, we, we forget about what, we're, we're, how we're living our lives or the actions that we've done. Or maybe we don't want anybody else to know about the sin, that of our, uh, sin that's in our lives. And can I tell you, none of us in this room are perfect. Even if your spouse tells you that they're perfect, they're not perfect. It's, we, we all have areas in our lives that we need to grow in, that we need to be perfected in, if you were to think about it that way. Effective prayer includes confessing our sin to God. Oftentimes, you know, we think, well, God, you know, nobody knows about that. Can I tell you that God knows about that, right? Like, we forget about this all-knowing God that we call our Father and we're in relationship with. We forget that he knows every detail of our lives. And what's great about it is that Jesus came and paid a price for that debt already. He paid a price for that sin. And confessing is recognizing the sin that's in our lives and handing it over to him and accepting the, accepting the payment that Christ had already made on our behalf. So sin is our debt. It's what separates us from God. And, and it can be a barrier for us from hearing God. So oftentimes you, I hear people say, well, you know, I don't hear God speaking to me. Well, I think one of, the area, one of the reasons why God sometimes doesn't speak to us or communicates with us is because of the sin that we may have in our lives. But he wants to communicate to you. And I believe that that's one of the reasons why Jesus incorporated this into teaching us on teaching about prayer. Is because he's like, I want to communicate with you, but if there's something, a barrier in your life that's keeping you from hearing me and me to be able to communicate with you, I, I, need, it to get, I need you to confess it. I need you to move it out of the way. I need your debt to be wiped clean. And I think that sometimes, you know, we go throughout our lives and we live our lives as if, you know, we're, we are perfect, that I'm a Christian and, you know, I've given my life to Christ and I, I haven't sinned and I, I don't sin or I don't struggle with sin. And, 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 and in the scripture in 1 John, it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We deceive ourselves. But the very next verse says this. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The good news is that confession is the, is the gateway to, to receiving purification from our, from our sins. You know, my prayer daily is this from, from Psalms and in, in, in Psalm 51. It says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart, God. Forgive me of my sins. I, I lay them to you. I confess my debt to you. Would you create in me a, a clean heart, O God? And I believe the, the last ingredient... For prayer that we see, not just, excuse me, not just to, to, the last ingredient that we see is forgiveness, that we don't, is to forgive, and it's not just forgiveness, and we're not just asking God to forgive us, right, in the scripture it said, and we also have forgiven our debtors, and we also have forgiven our debtors, so it's forgiving those who we might feel have sinned against has sinned against us. Effective prayer includes forgiving others. 
And I think that in my life, sometimes, you know, these aren't the easiest conversations to have, right? Have you ever had to go to somebody and offer forgiveness to them? Anybody ever had to do that? Yeah, like those sometimes aren't the easiest of conversations to have. But I think what is also, when I looked at this word, have forgiven, like that, that verb, is that it's not a past tense thing, it's an ongoing thing. It's not just, hey, I have, when you look into the Greek language, it's not just, I forgive you, and then, you know, the week down the road, you remember what they did to you, and you're like, oh, I'm going to hold that against them now, right? Or, or whatever, or, or, a mem- or something happens, and, and a, 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 a trigger happens, and you remember a moment, and you're like, man, I remember when they said that to me, that really hurt, and you hold on to that. It's a constant forgive, forgiving, a constant, an ongoing forgiveness, and you might be here this morning and say, you know, Pastor Rob, you don't know what people have done to me, the things they've said, maybe how hurtful it was. And you don't know what they've done to me. You haven't experienced what I've experienced. And you're right. You, I haven't. And maybe in this moment you're not able to forgive people. But there is one step I believe that you can take towards offering forgiveness. And in just a few verses before we get to the Lord's Prayer, we see Jesus' teaching. And one of, the, one of the things he says in Matthew 5, he says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. This is one of those crazy statements that we as humans look at and we go, What? Pray for, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? That does not, that, that's not, does not make sense at all, right? In our own, in our in our our minds. We go, why would I do that? That doesn't make sense. To take a step towards forgiveness, begin to pray for the person who you need to offer forgiveness to, and watch what God does inside your heart. As we pray for them, something happens in our heart. Our heart begins to change. Our thoughts towards them begin to change. And eventually, you'll be able to find the ability to forgive, to offer forgiveness. Ephesians says it like this, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you, has forgiven you. See, when I was little, and I used to read this part of the Lord's Prayer, we used to, we used to recite it in Mr. Swinder, Mrs. Swinderman's uh, second grade class. We used to recite it from like the, the King James Version, like the older King James Version. And, and it said something like this, and you might be able to identify with this. It said, it said forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And this image right here is, the, is what I got in my mind every time that, that I, would pray, I would say this prayer. As some of you know, you know that I like to hunt and I like to fish and, and that sort of thing. And when I was little, I was younger, I started hunting with my grandfather probably whenever I was like around second grade, honestly. It was probably somewhere around second grade. And, and I didn't know what trespassing meant. Like, you know, forgive us our trespasses, right? And I just knew that when we saw these signs, we weren't allowed to go there. Like, that's just what it was. We weren't allowed to go on that. That that was my definition of trespass was I'm not allowed to go there. So we would say, forgive us our trespasses. And I would be like, God, I never went where I shouldn't have gone. Right? Like, I didn't cross the line. We saw these in the woods, and I never, Pap would be like, oh, that's so-and-so's property. We're not allowed over there. Let's go this way, right? Forgive us of those times and I think as I, as, I, as I got this word picture, I remembered this this week, and this word picture was the idea of forgiving us of the times that we went there. You know, sometimes this is what confession looks like. Forgive us of the times we went someplace we shouldn't have gone. Maybe we didn't physically go someplace. 
But in the words that we said, or maybe in the, the, the way that we acted, the, the thing that we did when no one was looking, we went there. There were times that we trespassed. We went someplace we shouldn't have gone. And those are the things that we committed that we need to confess of. And then it said, forgive those who trespass against us. And oftentimes in the woods, it's hard to tell where you're at. Like if you're out, in, like where I, where, maybe not here, because from here you just end in, in another street. But where, where, where I grew up, like you'd be out in the woods and you could be out there for days and walk and not come in contact with another house, right? And um, I lived a mile up a dirt road and the woods were, they were vast. There were 400 and some acres that connected to our family's property and you could just go. And sometimes the property lines aren't clearly marked. Actually, they're not marked at all. And so it's hard to tell where you're at. And there were times when people trespassed on our property that they had no idea that they were trespassing. Like they had no idea that they had crossed over onto our property. They didn't know that they were there. They didn't know they were trespassing. But we knew that they went there. We knew because of the footprints, the way that our trails would be messed up because of ATVs or, or, or four-wheelers or quads or whatever you guys call them. I knew because of the marks that they left. And sometimes in our lives, there are people who have left marks on our lives and they've trespassed completely unaware. They're completely unaware that they even went there. They're completely unaware that they have, that they have trespassed against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And sometimes that's where we go to them. Sometimes when they're completely unaware, they're unaware that there was even forgiveness that needed to be exchanged at moments. And we offer them forgiveness. The people who, it's not as much for the people who have trespassed against us, it's more, more of this moment is for us. To release them from the offense that we feel like they have committed. There are people who have left marks on our lives that we need, to go, go, we need to go back to them and we need to be the ones to offer forgiveness. Sometimes it's easy for us just to let those marks sit there and they stay there. And can I tell you, in the woods, and I know this is crazy, but in the woods, whenever there's a, 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 a four-wheeler mark, a four-wheeler trail, or a four-wheeler goes where it shouldn't have gone, it actually disrupts the soil enough that there becomes what was a four-wheeler path becomes a small ditch. And what becomes a small ditch becomes a small pond where water lays. And before you know it, like, now that's a swampy area that has disrupted our, our hunting grounds. For me, is our, our hunting grounds, our food plots. In our lives, that's what happens. What started out as a small, maybe tire mark, a small word, it sits there and it becomes, it, it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger as time goes on. Forgiveness is about going to them and releasing them in your heart, and in your mind. Forgiveness is more than mere words. It's a change of heart in us. Matthew 6, just right after the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, Jesus says this. He says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness is a key to effective prayer. It's a key 
to us communicating with God. I'm going to ask our worship team to go ahead and prepare to come. And, you know, we've covered seven ingredients to prayer. We started with faith in our relationship with our Father. Worship, hallowed be your name. Worship with our lives. Expect him to move on our behalf. Your kingdom come. Your will, your will be done. Expectation. S- submission. Petition for our needs. Confess our confession for our sins. Forgive us of our debts. And forgive. Forgive those who have sinned against us. And, and that forgiveness is, is releasing them. And, and as a believer, I believe that as a church, we need to learn to pray. And last week, if you were here, you heard Pastor Paul share about uh, a sh- uh, during our, his sh- share about a struggle on how to end last week's service. And he was unsure about what he was going to do. And last Thursday or Friday, Thursday, I was prepping, well, two weeks ago now, so a week and a half ago on Thursday, I was prepping for for speaking this morning and I felt God say, hey, like, you just need to practice this. Like, in the service, as, as a body, we need to practice praying. So when Paul, Pastor Paul last Saturday came to me after the prayer meeting and said, hey, I think we're going to wrap up service a little bit different. We're going to spend time actually praying at the end of the service. I literally almost jumped for joy because I knew that the Holy Spirit was speaking to both of us the same thing. And so this morning, we're going to do just that. We're going to practice the three pieces to prayer that we talked about this morning. And for some of you, this is, gonna, this is hard. Last week, if you were here, it was hard. For some of you, this is maybe something that's easy for you. Can I encourage you this morning to stretch your prayer muscle? If you don't exercise a muscle very often it becomes weak, it becomes, you know, fatigued. And I would encourage you this morning, exercise that muscle. So maybe you want to get it out and go ahead and stretch it a little bit because we're going to practice praying this morning. And I would encourage you, if your families in this room, couples in this room, I would encourage you, get together, you guys pray together as a family or, or as a couple. Husbands, take the lead in this moment and lead your family. And get ready to stretch your prayer muscles. Take a small step today. So this morning for, for, for our response time, you're going to see on the screen, we're going to go ahead and put the first one up there. You're going to see the, the, the ingredient, so petition. And you're going to see a, a scripture verse. And I'm going to read that, and I'll start us out praying. And then I'm going to let you guys just go ahead and pray, to, pray for a few moments. There are things, there are things in your life for, that you need to lay before God, ask God for, for their needs in your life, for their situations that you're walking through. So go ahead and get together if you want to, and let's do this, let's do this together. So the first ingredient that we're gonna look at is petition. And the scripture verse is, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Are there needs in your life this morning that you need to ask him for? Father, we lift up our needs to you. As we grow in you, may our prayer life change. 
As we listen to what you speak through prayer, may the things that we ask for align with your will and your character. God, would you reinforce in us in this moment that you care about each and every one of our needs as a father cares for his children. I'm gonna walk through is confess. Scripture there is, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Prayer may be like the prayer of the psalmist David, create in me a pure heart, O God. Father, would you forgive us of our sins? Father, we, we confess them to you. God, would you reveal in us the areas of our lives that we need to, need to lay before you, that we need to bring before you, that we need to confess to you. Create in us a pure heart, God. The next one we look at is forgive. The scripture there is Matthew 5, 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Maybe this morning you don't find yourself in an area, in a place where you can go and, and forgive somebody for something they've done against you, whether they're here or outside of, outside of the church. This morning, pray for them. Begin now. That's the first step you can do is, is begin to pray for them. The second verse there is be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ has, Christ God forgave you. Father, we lift up those who we need to forgive. Those who have trespassed against us, those who went someplace, who've left a mark on our lives. Father, would you soften our hearts towards them? We lift them up to you today. God, may they know you. May you let your Holy Spirit work on our lives that we'll be able to forgive them. We'll be able to see them the way that you see them. And forgive them for what they've done to us, the marks that they've left in our lives. Forgive. I would challenge you to go have that conversation today. I've already broken the ice for you. They're across that common. Maybe there's someone here this morning. Maybe they're sitting next to you. Maybe they're across the room. Have a conversation and release them from the debt that you've from the marks that they have left on you. Today's the day to release them. Father, as we have laid down before you our needs, we've laid down before you the things in our life that have maybe separated us from you. And Father, we've lifted up to you the people who, who we need to have conversations with, that we need to forgive, that we need to release from their debt as you have released us from the sin the, and restored us into a right, right relationship with you. Father, I pray that we would begin to practice these things in, in our lives on a daily basis.
I pray for courage this morning and boldness. For those who have people they need to forgive in this room, God, I pray, God, that you would give them boldness to have those conversations this morning. As they pray for people who they need to forgive, God, that you would soften their hearts. God, we give this morning to you. Thank you for teaching us how to pray. That's your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? The worship team's gonna sing this, sing a song and I'm gonna challenge you to make this song your prayer that as you pray through this week, as you are putting some of these ingredients into practice, that, that it would be a way that you're able to know God on a deeper, intimate level, on a, on a, in a, in a different way, that he, you would begin to see him in, in a different perspective. Because not only is prayer us talking to him, but it's also us taking time and listening and communication with him. And I pray that he would speak to you as we, as we begin to put different ingredients into our prayer life.